hello everyone to uh, a new edition of In Conversation with. Uh, today I'm joined by Fiona Cox, also known as the famous chanteuse Kitty Mazinski. <laughs> Wide fame, yes. <laughs> All over Norwich. <laughs> <laughs> Not far off. <laughs> uh, and we're going to be talking about Ammonite. Uh, and uh, I'm uh, a big admirer of uh, uh, Lee's uh, God's Own Country, uh, the previous mm. film. And I was very curious to see what he'd done with this, uh, which has proved to be a bit controversial, I, I suppose. But what did you think of, of it? Well, I very deliberately tried not to read anything about it before I watched it because I thought, I know how that can affect certainly my per perception of things. I thought... There was a lot to kind of drag out of it. It's clearly a very, well, you know, it's a good film. It's high art, yeah. isn't it? Uh, you know what I mean? And there's a lot, I think some of the most interesting things for me were what was being said about, I suppose, the exclusion of women from, you know, the academy, from science and all those things, the way that women's accomplishments were really sidelined and how that was represented, I I we sort of really enjoyed and there were lots of different ways that came across sort of non-representational signs as well as you know direct things coming out of the narrative um I it was maybe it wasn't a joyful watch <laughs> I think that was what that was what I thought that it was it's a bit of a it's not gonna have possibly wide popular appeal no. uh you know you need to um yeah you need to I think it's more of a yeah more of a cinephiles film isn't it than yeah, a popcorn. <laughs> I mean, I don't know because for me it's hard to distinguish, really. Mm. I mean, um, I suppose like with so many other films, I love so much about it. Yeah. Mm. Um, actually, I liked the story very much. Um, yeah. I liked so so the story is basically about this famous paleontologist pay, played by Kate Winslet, uh, um, who's called Mary Anning who um, gets no recognition for her work, is excluded from all of the societies, mm. uh, and so on, yet who has found both a meaning and a living in collecting her fossils from the beach in Lyme Regis, which, I mean, that's already a fascinating kind of preposition, yes. really, right? Like, you mm -hmm. know, and I think it already it overturns it, on so, it overturns so many things on so many levels, right? So here's a Victorian working woman, right, who's supporting her mother, but who's living independently. Yeah, but who, I mean, to find a situation now where, you know, somebody is able to make a living out of their calling, that is just so exceptional today, right? Yes. To think about it, you know, in the middle of the Victorian era, to have a woman doing that. So even yep. if it is, you know... Yeah, kind of not at a very high level, and though she is suffering from all the sexism and so on, it's still yeah. an extraordinary achievement to be able to create that life for yourself, don't you think? Oh, yes, absolutely. But I suppose what's interesting is she's already there. So it's almost like not the story of how she did that. She's already at that point. But I almost feel like she's at a point where she's past her prime in a sense in that she doesn't really seem to be enjoying it very much so she clearly has this expertise but I think this is what I mean about like it's not a joyful film that she just 
she does she doesn't she obviously takes pride in her work and she obviously does enjoy it because she's up and out but i think because psychologically we start the film where it's sort of there's she's sort of dealing in death isn't she she's there's the fossils there's there's no love in her life her mum is cleaning these figurines again you know that they then we later find out they sort of represent the the children that have died that this this is what was interesting about it that it wasn't a sort of joyous tale of someone who manages to make a living out of well, something that she loves she's already it's all a sort of the misery but of I think it but yes I, fa a fascinating I, figure for sure in my view it's much greater than that because actually mm -hmm. i think the side of kate winslet who who who's a, who's an, an actress whom i don't like it's a very i have a curious relationship with her you really yeah mm -hmm. i hate her persona and so in many ways okay. i hate what she stands for and yet, I love her performances. And actually, this was brought okay. this was brought to mind here because I was thinking, oh, fucking Kate Winslet. And then, of course, <laughs> what's the persona that you don't like? Well, she's very lovey, you know, and she's over emotional. And I once saw a video yeah. of her. I think it was a, at a premiere of a film. It might have been Enemies by the Gates or something, where she was just like, you know, going through the grounds of the stately home completely sucking up to Mick Jagger and you just go, oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> like completely lovey, right? You know, yeah. oh, I love you, Mick. I love all of Yeah, like that kind of talk, which yeah. was like completely the opposite of her persona, which was like down to earth, you know. Mm. Um, I mean, you might remember she, she, she married like a bloke, her first marriage just to kind of an ordinary bloke. And, you know, yes. So, so there was Jim Thrippleton, right? Something like that. I think. Yeah, oh, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I should, I should give a possible disclaimer here, um, which is I don't personally know Kate Winslet, but I know of her does that sounds weird like but not personally right. is what i mean right. um so i come at it from an interestingly different angle that um because i know through my wife know the family ah, okay. um so it's interesting obviously knew the persona i knew the persona first but have since have a funnily an interesting a different perspective yes. on winslet as we always call her in our house ah, well <laughs> I mean, I mean this as a compliment, right? Because yes. I think her, her performance is so extraordinary in this, right? Mm. It, I mean, she's vividly intelligent, but very gruff and slightly bitter. Yeah, someone who yes. doesn't suffer fools very gladly. Not a people person. Yeah, uh, she's <laughs> yes. socially ill at ease, all of that, mm. right? So, and, and actually, I think that's the story that she's brought back to life like a fossil. <laughs> like, you mm, know, mm. Uh, 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 yeah, by... Uh, Very much uh, so. Uh, uh, Charlotte uh, uh, Murchison, yeah, the, the mm, uh, Shorty mm. Ronan character. So that's yes, the story. Yes. And I loved, I really loved it. I, I kind of, you know, at the beginning, there's something in this film about just the landscape. It's almost like a character in the film. Yeah. But yes. It's harsh yes. and beautiful and black. <laughs> it's so harsh. Yeah. I felt very cold myself watching it. <laughs> Down on the Jurassic Coast, I just thought, oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, we can talk about the various aspects, but I must say, I loved everything mm. except the ending. Yeah. Which... Yes. It w okay, yeah. Well, you know, we can discuss it, but I felt the same way about uh, God's Own Country. The ending mm. is what kind of... Uh, uh, well, I, I love the film, but the ending is to me its weak point. It's kind of passed over into 
kind of a sentimentality there, you know, with one character going to Romania to bring the other one back, and it was kind of like a meet cute, but at the end, yeah, or a finish cute. Yes. Which I thought was... Yeah, finish cute. Yes, it was, I'm trying to think, it's difficult, because sort of... Uh, f- it's difficult, because I think I was affected by watching it with who I watched with who I think found it a bit dull. Oh, God! Uh, really? Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, but I think... Like, but there, but there was so much silence in the film, wasn't it? Yes. That, you know, like, Kate Windsor didn't speak. I, ch- I checked, it was nine minutes till she even had a line. So there's so much going on with the visual representation yes. that you have to watch it with a, with a patience, with a different uh, mindset, I think, to your typical Hollywood fair. So I think that's where I think some people might um. might sort of, yeah, not be... Well, too bad for them. ...as enamoured of it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, too bad for them. I mean, kind yes. of, you know, why <laughs> why uh, play to the lowest common denominator? I mean... Absolutely, you know, yeah. This is a film that obviously uh, requires uh, the concentration of the audience to see it, but yes. I think it rewards it instantly, you know. And I think that's a shame of not being able to see it in the... <clears throat> excuse me. Of not being able to see it in the cinema, yes. actually. Because ah. I feel like that's the kind of thing that would, would hold your attention better. So, obviously lockdown allowing it would have been nice to have seen it and to see the the vistas the jurassic coast vistas on the big screen would have been wonderful as well that's true though to be fair what this way of viewing allowed was to go back and forth and back and forth and to see you yes. know to see several things many times um you know which uh, rewar- uh to me rewarded kind of you know that kind of attention actually yes and to me actually this was it stayed with me as well, I kept, I kept sort of thinking over, I know because we were doing this, but I kept coming back to things. And actually, I'd gone back to check, um, you know, at the beginning where she comes up from the beach and then she sees the woman talking to the, the man and she run, ran away, yeah. which I didn't understand. And also, because it being a smaller screen, I didn't see that that was Fiona Shaw. And I came back later to check because I thought, oh, I wonder if that's, that would make sense if she was running away from Fiona Shaw. Yeah. Which he was, so yes, you're right. Then we could go back and and check that. Yeah, I thought that was. Mm. I, thought, I thought that was lovely to see, and also I thought the whole beginning is so interesting because, you know, so and so unusual, yeah. Because mm. this is a film that the whole start is Kate Winslet, right, mm. yeah, and her routine. And what does the film focus on? on? Well, her face, um, her against the landscape, yeah. But there's shot after shot after shot of her hands. Right, and mm. and they're and they're working woman's hands. You see her constantly yes. working, right? She's constantly, and you see the marks. You know they're bleeding, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. and they're muddy and they're mm. black, and you know, kind of her fingernails are like a real working woman's hands, right? Mm. Uh, and you know, I'm sure I've seen this before in cinema, but I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, so I thought that was like uh, you know fascinating, and particularly when you not only have, you know, I mean, she's not just a woman who works for a living with her hands, but she's also an intellectual, she's a scientist, right? You know. Yes, um, and you kind of, you do get that spectrum, don't you? Because we start off with the woman scrubbing the floors in the British Museum, so straight away you're getting it set up, like this is the place of women in this society, basically, just shoved out the way by the men, move, you know, no respect, she's, you know, just nothing to them. And then to Kate Winslet, who's, like you said, it's different. She is working with her hands, but she's working with her mind, yes. in a sense. And she's, but still not treated 
Well, no, either. Um, mm. That's right. But and then up to Saoirse Ronan, yeah. But she's also obviously, um, you know, she's got problems with her sexuality, with being hidden. Like she's given up on on love. You know, maybe even you know has never known it. You know, but has definitely hint, tasted the possibility yeah. of it with Fiona Shaw, with the Fiona Shaw yes. character. Um, so, so I think that you see the film. I think kind of you know. Well, for me, as I watched it, I was getting all of this, but it even grows, uh, you know, kind of deeper in your head as you think about it, right? This is what I am finding that is sticking with me, and I keep picking out bits of meaning that I ne maybe didn't catch the first time you know it's sort of playing staying in my mind and playing on my mind yes. How, mm, did it work for you as a love story it did what did you think of that it did mm. um it did because and I thought it was uncompromising and beautiful so quite shocking in fact with the sex scenes well I want to ask you what you thought yes. of the sex scenes you know uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. like shocking as in not. I wasn't offended by any means. No. I've seen far worse on the one worse. I've seen far more yeah. explicit things <laughs> on the L word, but um, and elsewhere. But um, I think I was shocked to find it in the in a period drama uh -huh. because lesbian sex on screen and partic particularly in cinema can tend to be very like romanticized and I don't know, just kissing and breathing and nobody's actually doing anything that would bring anyone else to orgasm. Mm. But they went from kissing straight into oral sex so I, it took it just took me aback I think but and I'm sure we're sort of meant to uh -huh. um but yeah it was yeah I was just surprised I think continue on yeah <laughs> no because that well first of all it's always a bit strange watching Kate Winslet having that slight other relationship with her um but yeah, I just kept thinking, oh dear, they've been out on that beach all day. Nobody's freshened up. <laughs> and we were both just like, ah, ah. she's gone straight in there. <laughs> you know that, so Sharona don't shave. <laughs> and that we kept, we kept coming back to that. Two days later, we were still saying, oh my God, nobody went and cleaned up. We saw Kate Wislet have a wee on the beach. She didn't wipe anything off. <laughs> What was it? I, I so no, I didn't find it particularly erotic. Uh, no, that didn't cross my mind at all. Though obviously, you know. <laughs> kind of. But they never show that in films. Nobody's ever like, "I'll be right back." Yes. <laughs> Apart from no, the best scene for that was actually, I think Michelle Pfeiffer in One Fine Day. They had a whole, they made a whole comedic sequence out of the fact she's like, "I'll be right back," and then you see her brushing her teeth and shaving her legs. I remember scene. that. That was <laughs> that was realistic. <laughs> um, I no, I suppose there was a bit a bit later on, maybe like the. The second time, maybe that, yeah, that was probably, yeah, it was a bit of a turn on, I think, that, you know, when you saw them both together a bit more. Again, and then when she just sits on her face, I was like, well, I'm so glad I didn't watch this with my dad. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I must say, I loved it again, though, you know, um, it's obviously, uh, you know, I, I wasn't thinking of it in terms of a turn on or not a turn on. It's mm. just not my thing. <laughs> but I was admiring, you know, um, I was admiring Kate Winslet's nudity, right? You know, mm. uh, I mean, I don't know how old she is now, but she must be like mid forties or, or. I think for, probably yeah, for, I think forty five now, but so she probably would have been forty four yeah. when they filmed it. Yeah. You know, so I mean, she's doing the scene and it's her own body, and you can tell, and it's very important that it's her own body because, 
you know, uh, so much of it is on her expressions. Yeah, on, mm. you know, the sounds that she doesn't want to make, right? And mm. on kind of what's going on inside her that you see through her face, which is mostly with her eyes shut, you know, throughout. Mm. I mean, I thought, I thought it was kind of, I don't know, very impactful. Like, I'm not sure exactly how I felt, right? Like, you know, um, but, but I knew I was, yeah, that it had a powerful effect on me seeing that. And I think, yes. you know, again, it's partly because you rarely see anything like that. I mean, you know. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, when you see it, it's either much younger women or it's much younger women, but the address is to the men in the audience or, yeah. This felt yeah. very, very different to, to any of that. That's, yeah, that's true. That is very true because it was very frank. It was very uncompromising and it was, yeah, about their pleasure. It wasn't about... And we're sort of yes, and I think possibly that's the lesbian sex in films is more presented for a male gaze when we're talking about that kind of sort of light and fluffy. Mm. This was a bit more, yeah. This is about, about interiority, about feeling, yes, possibility about how they were feeling about it, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was really, you know, I mean, you know, I don't know whether it's a good lesbian sex scene or not, but I thought it was it, it definitely had an, an yeah. emotional impact on me. I no, and I would say so because it just it did look real yeah. I suppose so in that sense that it looked real and it uh, it was interesting because I think another thing I possibly wasn't expecting was just for them or especially well, especially I don't know just to be so ready for it I suppose because normally it's a bit like oh no we couldn't possibly do this and society wouldn't agree there didn't didn't really seem to be that kind of obstacle yeah. to the relationship it seemed I we got the impression okay Kate Winslet has clearly done this before you know uh Mary Anning and then it becomes clear it was with Fiona Shaw then mm. um so which that was interesting because obviously that took away that barrier mm. of, her, of her being uncertain Sisha Ronan also seemed perfectly happy to enter into this relationship mm. I didn't get the impression she necessarily would have done it before but I think that was something it probably it's interesting because part of me was thinking well there's no where's the tension here if they are you know, if they're just happy to go ahead with it, didn't you know? There was later we did get the kind of I guess class tension. Their lives were so different. Mm. Um, Charlotte, did, it was Charlotte, wasn't it? Didn't um, see yeah, like she's when when Mariani said, you know, you don't understand me. Mm. The fact that she thought, oh, well, I'll buy you a, buy you a dress, mm. and then you can come and live here. I thought well, she's completely misunderstood. Yeah, the whole meaning of her life mm. um, is is to work and is you know mm. to be out there hands. Like you say, the focus on the hands. She is a hands-on person. Mm. To then take her away from that, she clearly didn't understand her. But yeah, part of me was just thinking, yeah, sort of where is the obstacle here? But then it would be really boring to do a retelling that we've seen all the time of like, oh, a lesbian relationship in a time when it wasn't accepted and the and heteronormativity is the obstacle. So I do wish it was nice not to have that. Yeah, but I do wish that the external world had <laughs> intruded a bit more because. You know, there's mm. that scene where the husband writes and uh, uh, the Shorshi character has to get, you know, on the carriage and go home, right? Mm. And actually there's an air of resignation there. That's the way the world is. Men rule. You have to do what yeah. they say. You know, it's, I'm it's, married. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. too bad, but, you know, you have to, this is the way life is and it sucks, but it's the way it is, right? So, and that doesn't quite go along with you know, um, that lack of fear uh, or even tentativeness 
in which, mm. you know, the relationship unfolds. Like you say, it's, you know, the relationship unfolds as if there was no danger or no worry or... Yes. Yeah, I mean... Because I kept thinking, even, you know, that time when, the, say, the second love scene, and you can you can hear Cicero and it's making a bit of noise, and I kept thinking, oh, the, the mother's going to hear, like, the mother's going to find out. The mother was such a character. Yeah. I thought at some point she's going to say something, or at least to indicate that she knows they're going to get shamed... Nothing. Which never materialized. But I do think you're meant to feel, because I also felt the thing, oh, the mother's going to hear them. And you, mm. do, and you do see Kate Winslet trying not to scream. Yeah. Yes, so, yes. And, and so you, get, you do get the feeling that the mother, but, you know, but to me the mother is different than the external world. Yeah, that, mm. you know, kind of, you know, the world of the doctor and of men and of the society. And, yeah. Yes. So, um, so I do think... I mean, well, like you say, in a way, it's good that it's not there, but it also felt like not quite realistic to me that they didn't feel a sense yes. of danger somehow. I think this is what it was, and I was kind—I of, was sort of waiting for some big obstacle, some big climax of this thing that's going to get in the way, which I suppose was Cicerellian having to go. But then, like you say, that was a bit of a damp squib. Yeah. Because nothing really happened. Although, again, that goes back to the silence and the interiority that you, you get the sense of all this happening inside yeah, yeah. No, I, but sometimes you want to see a bit of the outside reaction i don't know i mean i i i, I really didn't mind that because i felt a lot was happening you know and a mm. lot was happening in both uh um uh charlotte and uh mary's life right like mm. you know because i think it's a process of discovery for both of them right um mm. because i think it's also significant you know you know that scene where at the beginning of the film where um, Charlotte is in bed with her husband undresses and then she snuggles up to him wanting sex, right? Yeah. I thought that, you know, that that's kind of, you know, significant, right? That, I mean, she wants sex with her husband. He's not giving it to her, right? So, mm -hmm. so, so that it makes this encounter with uh, uh, Mary, which is much more uninhibited in Charlotte's part, yeah? Yeah. Uh, so it, that makes it like really fascinating, right? So it's a discovery and an unfolding for her as well. Yeah. Yes. Although what was interesting about that scene is I thought she also wasn't necessarily being overtly sexual. <clears throat> Excuse me. She wasn't necessarily being overtly sexual. That she could have actually just been looking for some affection. Uh, true. But that he was so cold. You know what I mean? I thought that was interesting that he immediately was like, "No, we can't make another baby." Mm. So it was a that sex is about only procreation. B, if you're touching me, it must be for sex. Like, not even like, oh, you might want some affection mm. um, just because, you know, if you are feeling depressed. And he wouldn't let her hear any music. Yeah. Um, you know, she just has no... You think, you know, and obviously they've, they're in the morning clothes, so mm. you know, even before they mention it, that they've, you know, suffered some loss, that there's no joy in her life. Yeah. And even the joy that she might have, he won't let her have. Yeah. Um, she had a miscarriage, clearly. Yeah. Um, mm. But you see, this is. Or oh, I thought possibly more. I thought maybe you don't like maybe maybe a a child that had died possibly because ah, I don't know whether. Possibly. You know what I mean? Because she was in the morning yes, clothes, yes, wasn't she? Yes, yes. So that's po possibly. It's definitely but, uh, related yes. to Mary's mother, who had lost eight of her ten. Yes. Um, yes. You know, so so, yeah. Uh, so you know, whether it was a miscarriage or a child dying. Mm. Uh, yes, or, you know, stillbirth or something. Yeah, yeah a child dying um, in birth, yeah. She's coming from that. But that is also mm. why, you know, the ending made no sense to me. 
so here you have a woman who's completely beaten down, controlled by her husband. She's denied music, wine, and Mm. And rich food or ple- pleasurable. Yes, she you know, have the plain like boiled fish. fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no yeah. trimmings. <laughs> Just baked fish. Boom. Uh, and nobody smiled uh, at her. Yeah. So, so to then control the house, you know, have provided a room for Mary, and says the husband is okay with it because he's now found this calling, and you know, uh, uh, yes, uh, I'm a nice. he's going to let this. I mean, yeah. I, 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 it didn't make sense to me. I didn't believe it. Yeah. No. And I know at the end, I suppose, we get the feeling that some reconciliation is possible. But I, find, I didn't find myself actually necessarily wanting them to be together. Yes. Because I didn't... Yes, I didn't... I, didn't, I actually felt like Fiona Shaw was a more appropriate person because here's another working woman who is clever. You know what I mean? She's She's, you know, growing all these plants. She's making her own medicine, she's running her own business, she's an independent woman. She lives in Lyme, it's convenient. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I just think... You're so that... <laughs> I know, come on. <clears throat> you haven't got to take a boat to London <laughs> to go and see her all the time. Uh-huh. Long-distance relationships, they never work. So, and it, it seemed like the film was, was, you know, when, when um, so Mary goes to the, to the house to, and the garden, it's the first time we hear, we hear bird song. Yes, there's colour, there's grass, there's flowers. You can see yes. the bees, you know. This life is here. You know, she deals in death yes. and, and depression in these two, but life is here with Fiona Shaw. And I, I thought, this is interesting. The film seems to be saying that this is actually an interesting person. And I know obviously Charlotte comes out of her grief and she comes back to life in a sense. Um but I just, yeah, I, did, I couldn't help thinking, well, I feel like this would be a much better match. I agree with you, actually. Um, and I think the ending is too ambiguous. You know, because... Mm. So, on the one hand, you know, it frames them through glass, yeah? It mm. leaves the possibility <coughs> open. But open yeah. to what? Right? Like, I mean, you've seen Quite. what what's on offer, right? So, I think had Fiona Cox been... You know, that's me. Oh, <laughs> sorry, had Fiona Shaw. <laughs> sorry, Fiona. <laughs> had Fiona Shaw been brought into the narrative towards the end as a rival, as a possibility, which mm. she kind of is because they hold hands right at the end after the mother's died. But you think that's more of a, you know, an affectionate relationship? They've now be- re become friends yeah they've renewed their friendship Mm. you know um but it doesn't seem like a kind of a the possibility of like a sexual partnership the way that uh she has with charlotte so yes i think in fact that scene closed it down didn't it because she was saying you know you found something with her she's brought you to life which i could never do or something you know something she's opened up a part of you that i could never reach but i but i questioned what they really saw in each other, because I thought, well, I th- well, I think for Marianne, it just seemed to be, you know, she was drawing a picture of her asleep. I thought, well, she, you know, they're not even interacting. She's just thinks she's pretty, basically, you know, yes. it's a pretty girl. And the first time she smiles is when Charlotte comes in in the dress, isn't it, with, to go to the um, recital and she's got the earrings, you know, it's a pretty girl in a pretty dress. And this is why. Um, Mary Anning's the first time we see her smile yes. and then obviously we see them together in the ocean and they're laughing and you know they're really that's the moment of joy there isn't it 
But I also, yeah, I just didn't really see them see a lot in each other. And I thought, what does Charlotte see in Mary Anning? Because she did get to see a little bit of her work, but I don't know, she just seemed, she was so grumpy with her. And then they were so different, you know, with, with the scene where she was urinating on the beach and then, you know, going straight to eating a Cornish pasty with her hands. You could see that this was kind of revolting a little bit to Charlotte, but... And obviously she came round more seeing her work. Well, she explicitly says, you're so much more extraordinary mm. than anybody else, right? Yes. So, I mean, I think, yeah. with, you know, she admires the freedom, right? Yes, and, and the work. And the work mm. and the intellectual ability. And, you know, I do think actually that Kate Winslet is made to look very beautiful. Well, you know, maybe not made to look, maybe she just is beautiful. But the camera mm. films an appreciation of a, a kind of beauty in um, an undecorated face, yeah? So, yeah. you know, uh, uh, and, and actually she's filmed, I think, to be very beautiful in her concentration or sometimes in her aloneness. Mm. I mean, she looks like a painting. Mm. You know, she looks like one of those yes. Dutch paintings or something, right? Of, you know, or especially explicitly at the end. Yeah, uh, mm. these down-to-earth women with plain you know, strong, beautiful mm. faces. I mean, I can, I can... Oh, she's got great facial structure. Yeah. It's difficult to make her look unattractive, yes. So I can totally see yeah. what uh, Charlotte sees in her. I mean... Uh, yes. Do you know what it was? I think because we get that speech that she gives to the husband, uh, you know, where she says, oh, this is, this is no good, I can tell by, because yeah, yeah. there's dimple here, I can tell it's crushed. Um, that's fossilised shit. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> I thought that would have been an interesting speech for Charlotte to hear, I think, because I think that's where the fascinating stuff comes in, like her, the depth of her knowledge. But I suppose we do get, she does talk about finding the ichthyosaur, the, 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 the full dinosaur yeah, yeah, skeleton. Yeah. She does speak about that. But that's what I was thinking. I thought, I thought it'd be interesting to see more of the fascinating behaviour like, displayed to Charlotte because I was a bit seeing, like I don't see where this necessarily came well, from. Well, but I think all those scenes at the beach are, uh, are about that. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. there's a scene where um, Charlotte uh, sees the big rock, right? And she she yes. puts her skirt around her legs and lifts it up, and so it looks like she's wearing trousers. And she dives right into the mud, getting all her clothes dirty. Yeah, like the, finally gets her hands dirty. Yeah, yeah. so that's sparked, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, 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 Mary has sparked that in her, right? I suppose so. Yes. No. I take it back. You are right. Yes. Yeah, she's and she's learned this from her. This way of being active. And you know, because she said I didn't come here to work like a navvy, did yeah. I? But then she's straight up there, literally hands in the dirt. Yeah. No, you're right. So I think, and also I think possibly it was somebody to look after her as well because her husband clearly wasn't. Yeah. So perhaps that was part of it as well. So I think there's two things. There's well, several. The work, the intelligence, and now you've just reminded me the fact that. Uh, um, Mary's a good person. You know, she might be grumpy mm -hmm. and ornery and whatever, but she put everything aside to look after her in her, you know, illness, right? Mm. You know, and brought her back, you know, kind of to mm -hmm. life in a way that, you know, she wasn't obligated to, right? Um, so, so I think she's also moved just by the kindness and by the care, yeah? Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, to me, it's explainable, really. I kind of... Um, I loved all of it until, until the ending. I would have liked yes. the ending to have been more conclusive about them not belonging together. 
Yes, I think that was the problem. It wanted to give you a happy ending, yeah. but it couldn't because of the characters that it had built yes. in the time that it had built them. Yes. Um, mm. Let's move on slightly because the other person mm. who I thought was just fantastic, uh, and then I read Peter um, Bradshaw in The Guardian, whom I almost never agree with, but he wrote a very good review of this, actually. Mm. Um, but he called... Uh, Gemma, is it Gemma Jones or Gemma Jones? How do you pronounce it? I think Gemma. Gemma. I think Gemma Jones. Uh, her performance as Mary's mother, ripe. And I mm. don't know wh what that means, because ripe has a suggestion of overacting. And to me, uh, she does the opposite of overacting, Gemma Jones. I think it's a fantastic, beautiful, plain kind of performance, you know, kind of made up of very few gestures and expressions and... Very moving and deeply felt, I thought. What did you think? Yes, true, I suppose. Yeah, again, it's another, it's a lot of silence. It's a lot of interiority. A lot of, you get this, you know, still waters run deep. You do get this sense that there's a lot going on, which then you, becomes more clear as you find out about her losses and, and her grief. And then the fact that you see she's possibly slightly, delu you know, well, not delusional, but slight. there's a slight well del yeah delusional quality about you know the fact that she's like these are my babies mm. you know she's not quite mentally stable i would say where the porcelain dolls are concerned and that that obviously cuts straight to the grief mm. and she's not quite on an even keel yeah i think i think that might be going too far for me because i think you know she, i don't think she ever mistakes them for her babies but they they obviously have no. the association to her each is a symbol of a lost child, right? And she she does literally call them the babies, babies, though. I know. Yes, but the way she just the way she reacted that she that she seemed sort of outraged. It didn't quite seem. What's the, I'm trying to think? What's the word? It just the response seemed like too it much. seemed understandable, but she just you just thought, oh, she's not in reality here, a hundred percent, like maybe ninety percent. But uh -huh. I just thought there's something here. Uh -huh where she has, yes, just slightly more of a connection to these porcelain things that she should, which is completely understandable. Um, but I just got this slight, like a, a hint of crazy yes. of where it came yes, to. I, the, I must say, I, I didn't quite feel that. Though mm. you Just in that one scene yeah. where she caught Cicerone doing yeah, though, it. That was the only time. Yeah. Well, for that scene, what I did feel was a sense of deterioration. So maybe we're coming at mm. the same thing through different perspectives, like... You know, mm. uh, it's at that moment that you also feel that she's not long for this world, right? Like, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, as soon as you hear anybody coughing in a film, that's it. <laughs> so we always say, as soon as a sing anyone coughs, you think they're dying. Um, so I think she coughed the first time we saw her. Yeah. So we were there. We were waiting for the death scene. Uh, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, what did you? I suppose the only people we haven't discussed is um, there, are, there are two men. Uh, the doctor and the, the husband. The doctor and the husband. And the doctor mm -hmm. is played by Alec Sekaruno, who is the guy who played the love interest in God's Own Country as well. I, and I haven't seen God's Own Country as well, so perhaps um, I ought. Uh, no, it's, yeah. it's really quite wonderful. Again, okay. you know, the landscape, the, it's a farming mm. place, and it's an unusual mm. uh, uh, and much welcome space, really. Uh, in British cinema. Um, so, mm. um, the two men are almost like 
you know, I think the symbols, aren't they, right? You know, so mm-hmm. kind of they're both middle class, yeah, they're both professionals. One mm-hmm. is perhaps more of a gentleman of independent means than the doctor who's living in line. Yeah. Um, you know, one has an interest in Mary, the other one is the husband uh, of Charlotte. Yeah, there, mm. yeah but the, the interest is unreciprocated in both. Yes. You know? he, yes, although I suppose... You, I maybe get the sense that that wasn't always the way with Sir and I feel like it's grown out of the situation possibly and it's difficult because obviously we'd never see them before but obviously he's not handling her grief well um so perhaps this is something that's pushed them apart yeah it's difficult because you don't know whether she has ever felt this way about another woman or whether how enamored she was with her husband Mm -hmm. before but yes clearly at that time they're not doing so well um i Anyway, they're interesting, they're interesting characters because one is withdrawing the attention, the other one is giving the attention. So I think in the script, mm. they, they kind of hold this place. They're almost like the opposite uh, of each other, but also the same, yeah? Yes. Kind of. Yes. Um, so, uh, and it's an interesting place to put men in a film because, mm. yeah, this is very much a woman's film. It's, a, okay, it's completely female-centered. Oh, yes. And so yeah. kind of these men are symbols, really you know, um, and, and fulfill a kind of a narrative function, which is, yeah. you know, to ease the women's getting together, basically. Yes, because I suppose Charlotte is getting what she isn't getting from her husband, and I don't just mean sex, but just, you know, just affection and somebody to really pay attention to yeah, her. Yeah, to, um, to be seen, maybe, I think. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, although, interestingly, yeah, at the beginning, you do... I suppose before she gets ill, that's not the case. You get Marianne being very cold and gruff with her yes. as well. So it's a sort of possible similar um, connection that she's not willing to sort of mollycoddle her. But then, of course, she nurses her through the illness. But yes, and then Kate Winslet is, you know, Marianne is rebuffing this attention. So it's not that she doesn't have the attention. It's that she just knows herself well enough to know that's not what interests mm. her. I found mm. the... Um... Sorsi uh, Ronan, incredibly beautiful in this film. Like I think more beautiful than I've seen her in anything, uh, mm-hmm. and most unusual looking. So at the very beginning, when she has that hair, yeah, and that huge yeah, hat, lips, yeah, I almost didn't recognize it as her, right? And you see her cheekbones and her lips, and you know she's really stunning, but but also mm-hmm. cold and yeah, like uh, it, it looked to me like somebody else. And then you begin to see her through. Um, Mary's eyes, mm. yeah, and I mean, she becomes incredibly beautiful and, and warm, and the moment mm. where they go into the party and she comes out in that dress, I thought, yes. well, you know, that's a stunning moment, and actually, I thought that was a stunning moment, primarily because it focused entirely on a Victorian outfit, like, the, yeah, yeah, the impression that she makes is really with her dress, isn't it, and it's a... It's like, I don't know, what is it, a kind of a green, pale green with lots of embroidery. You know, that dress that she wears to that party. Yes, yes, and she's got the drop pearl earrings yeah. and, yeah, you yeah. Know, so and her hair's up, up yeah. isn't it, away from her face, yeah. So, so you know, it's almost like the, ans- the outfit, the look makes the impact, but the look is mm. not on her body, 
It's, it's not even primarily her face, really. It's like mm -hmm. the whole thing. It's how she looks when she, you know, scrubs up, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, and as I say, and that's literally the first time you see Marianne smile yes. is in reaction to that. Um, so I thought all of those things mm -hmm. made the film really, like, fascinating to me. I was also really fascinated, you know, by, by the landscape. You know, uh, by mm. the grayness. I mean, the film looks like sleet. It's the color of sleet for. Oh, yeah. I bet that was hard work to film. It, it but it looked cold and wet, and you did really get the sense of Dances. she's out there in the elements. Like yeah. this is, yeah, <laughs> just that the hard work. And I think we were looking at the budget, and that, was it like ten million? I said, oh, I hope they spent five million on blankets. Because <laughs> <laughs> not water bottles. <laughs> they all look so cold. <laughs> I just get thinking, oh, so Sharona's got nothing around her neck under that bonnet. Oh, she's going to be freezing. Um, yeah. And that, I mean, I suppose that was interesting, like the impracticality of the clothes that they had to wear as women to go on the beach digging up fossils in the dirt. You did, um, yeah, you sort of, it's part of the, you know, the way women are in some ways held back. It's like they're not even, what they have to wear even stops yeah. them from doing work. Although it doesn't, they don't let it stop them, but it's impractical. Um, what did you make? Sorry, I've taken this off on a tangent. No, no, but what did you make of the scene where she goes bathing, where the show she goes bathing? So they've had the spa, so yeah, she goes off on her own. Yes. And then she, she tries to cure her depression, whatever, through bathing in the sea. Yes. Well, there's class issues at play there, aren't there? Because she gets carried down to the sea in one of those bathing hats. Yes. So she doesn't even have to walk across the sand. Um, and then she's wearing, I suppose, a special bathing dress. Mm. Um... I think it's more showing how well, she's completely out of her element, isn't she? Yes. That she's just being buffeted around by the by the rough ocean. It, again, it looks horrendously freezing, and this is what she's been prescribed to help her sea bathing. Um, but I don't think they meant like that. Um, it doesn't look particularly warm. It looks very bracing. But I think it's it's more like this. Well, this is Mary Anning's world, isn't it? You'd, you you wouldn't get a scene of Mary Anning doing this kind of bathing. Mm. She would just well, as we do, she just wanders in. Yes. Um, she just wanders herself. In. I found um, that the whole scene is a metaphor uh, for mm. Charlotte, you know, mm. because here she is in the dark, yeah, like yes. half naked or, you know, for those times, she's completely covered up, right? But, mm. you know, yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. in a bathing outfit, um, mm. being carried by this anonymous man. And you mm. just get like shafts of light in the box, in, which is like a prison, right? And then they let let it open a shaft, and so you do get the sunlight and the ocean and whatever, but it's almost like she steps in into that sunlight and that ocean. She gets buffeted by the wind and the yeah. cold and the waves, and you know, and is almost attacked by the elements and comes back. Yes, you know, to with pneumonia, right? That's, yes, she catches a fever. Yeah, but I think that that is also like a metaphor for her life at that moment. That's not. It's not just a bathing yeah. scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah, though she's sort of being attacked from all sides and she doesn't quite have the defences yes. to stand up to yes. it. Yeah, so, so, absolutely. So I think one can all then also read that or, you know, interpret it as to what Mary frees her from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that she's out there in the elements at the beach. She's using her mind and her body and, you know, uh, mm. uh, all of those things that uh, Mary brings to life in her. And of course, then we do get the contrasted bathing scenes where they, they go yes. in of their own volition and the sea isn't rough. And 
you know mm. that's that is definitely the most joyful part mm. of that scene so no you are yeah you are right so it's yeah so it's Mariani sort of bringing her bringing her out of well out of her grief you know probably giving her a higher opinion of herself that she is worthy of joy mm. and affection but then it's the future yeah. doesn't look rosy for them together no, so and- it's how they can affect one another but i think charlotte comes off better um yes though i don't know i mean this is why i find the ending so unsatisfying mm. because you know there's mm. that beautiful scene where she uh, uh mary gets the letter her mother has died she gets this letter and she runs to the seawall you know there's that there's yes. a wonderful seawall which again you know looks like black rock shiny mm. you know but covering up everything and also like a barrier yeah so I suppose it's meant to protect the place, but it also feels like a bit of a prison. And she runs through that whole thing, and as she approaches the ship, she begins to run kind of even more, right? Yes. So, and then when she, uh, so, so it's obviously her excitement and love and desire is all expressed in that shot, I think. I could hear a, a bell as well going, so I did also get the <laughs> feeling that she was late. Like the, yes. the boat was saying, right, we're off. Yes. I did get the impression she was yes. running late. But yes, you're right. It added a lot more passion to it that she had to run yes. for the boat. Yeah. Um, and then when she arrives in London, which, you know, I initially thought it was Venice or someplace like that because, you know, there are fish sellers and yes. sunlight and flowers and everything. And then you see St. Paul's and you think, no, it must have. <laughs> yes, okay, okay, yes. I think it's probably like Chatham Docks, isn't it? Yeah. Probably. I thought, oh, yeah. no, she's going to meet the couple in their tournée of the continent. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but no, she's in London. Uh, and actually, I did think, how's she going to manage the language? How's she going to get there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, So she's a survivor. Yeah. Yeah. But that whole scene in the London townhouse, and that just mm. did not make sense to me. Well, no. Well, first of all, you also can't make somebody a tailored dress just... With with no measurements and no fitting. Um, but, yeah, no, it did. It did show that she had completely understood her. Although that was interesting because then it's your, your questioning, well, where does it go now? Now they're out of Lyme. Now, because it was a liminal space for Charlotte, wasn't it? That she was there, she was able to, you know, she was, you know, ill, another liminal state that she came out of her illness, um, started this relationship. Now she's back in her home life. But actually, this is a completely different situation. This now, this relationship can't function in the same way. Like you say, the husband's there. He's he's not going to allow this. I don't care how busy he is. Um, yeah, this is not the life that would work for Mary Anning. Um, so you're right. I, did, I thought it was interesting, though, with the maid. You know, like, oh, yeah. she's just the maid. Which didn't show Charlotte up in a very good light, I think. Yes. Um, again, bringing up these class issues that she would just so disregard the power. Yes. Of this woman it's like oh what has she learned <laughs> well that um, whole scene yeah. seems to be about class right because the maid opens the door mm. and says no you know yes. you go in the other way like traits entrance so yes. you know so the maid is judging her you know and then kind of charlotte is like you know putting the maid in her place and you mm. know so but but actually their relationship up to now it seems to me had not been about any of that Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, you do get a sense that obviously Charlotte is of a different class. She can't scrape a carrot. She obviously has somebody doing her cooking. Yes. But yes. beyond that, I don't think, you know, class is... Well, it wasn't an obstacle in Lyme because she was in this this liminal space in, in Mary Anning's world, which seems its own yes. 
world apart, like you say, because the mother doesn't seem part of society. So the outside world doesn't really seem to to touch them there. Marianne is such an exception. I think that. And now in in the real world in society that they they wouldn't be able to function. But the director seems in those scenes to be making a choice about making class about highlighting the issue of class, mm. rather, which seems to me, you know, the more important resolution, which is one of patriarchy, i.e. where is the husband? What does he think of all of this? Like, you know, mm. we're just we're just mm. taking the wife's say so. I mean, is the money hers in the relation? I mean, there's all kinds of mm. questions that you have or that you could have brought to make it kind of more understandable. But, you know, as it stands, we have all these questions. And nothing yes. is dramatized in terms of giving us information about the dynamics, right? Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, the film wasn't about that before, and then all of a sudden we get these complications at the end, but you don't get any sort of crisis scenes, like you say. You don't get to see the husband yeah. discovering it and, and then saying, what's going on here? This I, I won't stand for this, or anything that you might expect. The real complication so... is the husband, not the maid, right? Yes. You know? So I, yeah. I did, didn't get that. Um, mm. What did you make of the museum scene? Because that's how the film ends. Yes. Uh, well, I was very, very struck with the the painting shot. Um, yes, you know that you get this wall, the sea of white men, mm. and she's there in her bonnet, and you do get this very deliberate shot where she does a bit of a Titanic moment. She turns around mm. and looks off. You know, she's directly framed there in that picture, and obviously, yes, we're saying she belongs in the museum her painting should be on the wall yeah. and it's not um i thought and i thought that yeah that was incredibly striking and um, moving and yeah i mean it's almost once it once i saw what was happening so i can't say it was you know it was sort of predictable in a sense but it was beautiful it was very fitting yeah. and i think yeah wonderfully framed wonderfully shot all of it and her movement you know all of that was lovely um so I, yeah i did particularly like that the point that was being made there this is what i this is what i was thinking you know with the maid scrubbing at the floor with that at the beginning through to as you say all mary annie's work with her hands with the way that um her labels are being taken off the her fines and you know even the fact that charlotte puts the sticker over the husband's name to say like no this is who really found it like all these ways that we see women being excluded um i i i, I liked that i found it all quite clever um yeah and it was it was nice to see, well it was sort of depressing in a sense to see her going back and seeing her original find which which still had somebody else's name on but i mean nice nice that she saw it there in the museum but then also sad because you think well she's not getting the recognition for it and yeah she they had to they had to sell it didn't they for food yes. so again it kind of goes back to the class issues that they couldn't afford yeah. to to keep it and to do anything with it they just had to sell yeah. it um but yeah i mean so you do get the sense when charlotte's there you do get the sense that okay a reconciliation is nigh mm. but i didn't what how yeah. well, that... <laughs> like so there's there's a person like you get the sense that okay charlotte is willing to compromise but like you say that's really not the obstacle yes. um the obstacle is this is never going to fly yes. I, I so, thought so too. But I have another question for you because mm. you remember that scene where so they find the other fossil together, and yes. uh, you know the man a man comes to buy it, and he's haggling the price with Mary, and then yes. Charlotte comes in, you know, and explains why it's worth so much, her labor, her yeah. knowledge, etc. Absolutely. Um, that look that Mary gives Charlotte during mm. that whole sequence what what did you take it to mean 
actually, now this is taking me back to my earlier point where I was thinking about, you know, where is her joy in her work? She seems like a bit depressed about it. Or, you know, she's making these seashell mm. frames for tourists and she's kind of, you know, I think viewing that with a bit of derision. I've, perhaps she's finding a newfound respect for the work that she's doing. Mm. You know, I yeah, I did feel like that it had perhaps become a bit of drudgery for her and come away from being that passion. Like, she clearly had the intelligence for it, but I think because she wasn't being recognised uh, and because of what she was forced to do, because of class and things, that it, it wasn't particularly a source of joy anymore. And maybe with that speech, she could see her life from a different perspective um, and was, you know, it's nice. To, always nice to be respected as well. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's gaining newfound respect for Charlotte through seeing herself through her eyes. Yeah. What about you? I couldn't understand it. I couldn't, uh, you know, mm. I thought I, I couldn't understand whether the look was one of appreciation or one of judgment. Ah. Uh. Like you know, uh, because obviously the the end result was that the price was it was sold for more money, mm. right? And obviously, um, you get the sense of how much Charlotte values her, yeah. Mm. But I wasn't quite clear on how. Um, Mary was responding to it all. Yeah, I suppose because possibly she could have just been annoyed that she was sticking the nose in. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know, I, it wasn't clear. Yeah. So, mm. anyway, uh, this might be a good moment mm. uh, to wrap up. So, your overall view of the film? I feel like it, it's, it's, it's rich, it's deep. I feel like there's it's definitely warrants a few viewings i think feel like i would like to go back and see it, see it again yeah no it's brave some issues yes. some issues um worth a watch though i think i think it's wonderful except for the few problems we discussed mm. uh and i think the actors are phenomenal uh you know beginning mm. with kate winslet uh but you know right down to fiona shaw who gives a, a a performance of charm and exuberance and tenderness and you know i think it's just a mm. great performance as well all the women are fantastic i think yeah uh, um, you know and the men are good but they they're obviously they're just given less less prominence um so yes. i and and i think it's a film that looks beautiful and that a lot of care has been taken to kind of imbue that look with with meaning yeah, and and mm. also the book that you really get a sense of kind of the harshness of Victorian life. Yeah, the mud, the rain, the sleet, the cold, the damp. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. You know, it, oh yes, um, it's a very visceral film. Yeah. yeah. So so I loved all of that. Mm. So um, so I would highly I would highly recommend with those caveats. Yeah, don't expect perfection, but actually it's quite a wonderful. <laughs> yes it is wonderful i suppose there's something to be said that it's just sort of the context isn't it like the the love story seems slightly not placed in context yeah. maybe that's possibly an issue with it yeah 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 all right well let's leave it at that so, yeah. thank you very much fiona mm. kind of always, always, thank you for having me again to to talk to you and and we'll do it again yeah. so yes uh, thank you very much no thank you bye bye, uh, bye.